cup coffee in here, please. You're listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast with Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Come on, get some coffee. Want some coffee? Okay, this guy needs coffee and cooler stack. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast, where we talk everything film, TV, video games and conspiracy theories. I'm your host, Reese Bolton, and with me is my co-host, Reese Jones. And today we are greeted by a special guest, uh, I would say up-and-coming uh, filmmaker, director, Zach. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello, Zach. Zach, welcome to the Hoffy Coffee Cast. Very good to be here. I'm honored. I'm honored. That's great. That's great. Brilliant. So, um, so everyone, you can find us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash the Hoffy Coffee Cast. And mine and Reese's main accounts are Bolts97 and Reese B. Jones. Do you want to say uh, say your um, Instagram name as well? Yeah, it's, it's just my full name, Zach Abdulbaki, A-B-D-U-L-B-A-K-I. Zach is with a C-K. Um, yeah, thank you. Okay, we'll put it in the description when we're done, and uh, definitely because uh, we both enjoyed this uh, short film you made, and we hope it does get a lot of uh, views and fans. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. So, everyone, give us both a like and a follow; would be much appreciated. Thank you. So, uh, let's talk about "It's Gone," a Who Done It. Me and. Uh, Reese, I've got a lot of questions we need to ask you, like, because uh, we both enjoyed this uh, short film you made. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as um, obviously, to like the viewers, can you like explain uh, or let's talk about the film, like what it's about and stuff like that? Well, yeah, it's uh, it's basically a college comedy whodunit, and it's about three friends who wake up after an insane party. They're all hungover, and um, a very special item goes missing from their apartment, or they find that it's missing, and it's kind of about them trying to figure out who did it. And it's also got a musical number in it. There's a bit mm-hmm. of action, and it's it's a it's a it's a real just fun genre genre movie, and um hopefully it's a good time for people and uh and it's uh hopefully like very heartfelt at the end i think and um yeah it's it's like a typical friendship uh seth rogan type movie or judd apatow type movie and um yeah it's about 20 minutes and it's my first big short film oh that's, that's great that's great yeah i um i watched it twice uh one one when you first sent me the uh, the video and then before, obviously, again, before the the podcast, because I, I really enjoyed it. And it, it reminds me of this, like, those, like, this buddy, uh, you know, roommates you have in, like, college and university and all that. And, like, living together with your friends. And I, and I enjoyed it. And how, <laughs> and how it's got, like, so much stuff in it. It's got, like, the, you know, got the romance you got like people living together and stuff it's all about like you know stuff that we uh like young adults uh are going through like you know daily so uh, yeah right like i i i can see myself connected to that film and uh and yeah i um that's what one of the reasons why i enjoyed it i did like 
I, I don't know, you should make this like a little game to see this, this pick out like the posters. Yes, in the shots was, because uh, I enjoyed yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to pick out like, okay, he's got, he's got so many posters, like film posters, hit you know throughout like all of the scenes, and I was trying to pick out which ones, uh, what ones they were and stuff. Like, <laughs> I wish I had that because I haven't got like hardly any room uh, where I live for like putting like, hundreds of posters up. So you know, it was quite fun uh, seeing all that. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, those are just my posters, and um, um, and I try to situate them in places where, like, either foreshadow something or, right. or like, there's there's a scene where one of the main characters. Also, just spoiler alert in case anybody hasn't seen the movie, but um, uh, <laughs> the uh, well, spoiler, I guess, for a short film, but you know, it's like um, one of the characters, Bug, is has a argument scene with this character Nate and he's standing in front of a cat's poster and the cat's poster has like, <laughs> and there's like a bunch of darts thrown in it so it looks like they've used it as a dartboard and there's like a bunch of drawings <laughs> someone drew a really giant penis on the cat and <laughs> I love that I just I literally just told the guys hey take these sharpies and, and go draw on the poster for me and they they came up with that anything that's written on the poster they did and <laughs> argument scene with Nate in front of the cat's poster and it's foreshadowing later in the film when he smashes it over his head so it's like that and then there's a there's a Halloween poster and it's like yes. a classic mm-hmm. with knife and and, and like um like blending into the into the pumpkin and that is uh is like in frame right before nate pops into the frame holding a knife and then he like brings it up just like halloween and it's just kind of like um yeah it's just i tried to use the posters in creative ways but a lot of them are just kind of there in the background as that as they are just to look nice i uh wait sorry i was saying about the cat's posters like the way you like you guys just like you know like drew sharpies (laughs) on the post and ripped up i was like yeah, yeah, that film deserves that post to be written because it shows how bad of a film it is. I do apologize if you're a big fan of Cats, the film. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I won't judge you, but... Uh... <laughs> I'm an ironic fan of Cats. <laughs> yes. I did see it multiple times in theaters with friends, and it was one of my favorite movie experiences of 2019. It really <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but so, I'm... The experience of cats more than Rise of Skywalker on this in the same weekend. So, <laughs> T- to be fair, that is not uh, like a fair comparison, though, is it? Like, the Rise of Skywalker is somewhere very low down on my list of films. I, I think just uh, I-, I still have just memories of walking out of Rise of Skywalker, thinking like, "Is that it?" Whereas yeah. Cats is at least this, you know, it call you know, it's, it is a movie. And it had some sort of soul in that movie. But um, what I wanted to sort of ask uh, you, Zach, is what you, you said like you were trying to go for the, the whole Seth Rogen, um, sort of Judd Apatow sort of uh, movies. Mm-hmm. But like, what were your inspirations for the film? Well, good question. I think, um, I think every little aspect of the movie, uh, like every little genre that's blended into the movie has its own kind of inspiration. I would say yeah. like, like uh, my favorite scene to film was actually the action scene, the the fight scene. And right. that mm. was not really inspired by any comedies. It was kind of inspired by birds of prey. Um, ah. 
like uh, I, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like um, there's like the scene where she breaks into the jail to um, to help the, the girl escape the little girl and uh, or I guess the teenage girl. And she like shoots all the cops with confetti and uh, confetti cannons. Um, uh- yeah. 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 And like a paint, like a paintball gun or some kind of something like that. And, and I just really loved the action in that movie. I mean, you say what you will about like the story, but, um, but I, I just thought it was really cool and colorful and vibrant. And that was like an, that was an inspiration for the fight scene, I'd say. Um, obviously um, for the musical scene, uh, a big inspiration for me was the film Muppets most wanted. Which, oh, brilliant. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's like the interrogation scene in that film. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, there's like an interrogation musical scene with Ty Burrell. And uh, that was a big inspiration for that scene. I'd say overall, though, for the story, yeah, a lot of R-rated comedies were were my inspiration. I'd say also The Hangover, which is kind of obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of looking for their friend in, in this movie, they're looking for an egg. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of like the R-rated comedies from like the late, 2000s early 2010s that you don't see that much anymore but um, yeah what kind of what um, you did yeah. you, you sort of you know you, you obviously raised the point about the interrogation uh, scene and I, mm-hmm. I don't know like sometimes you say like in police procedurals or just you know crime dramas uh they can be quite dry and obviously it's a way of you know maybe progressing the plot or just having exposition dumps but you've sort of um managed to just establish all of these characters you know establish their alibis and and what have you but sort of introduce like this motley crew of just like these i i thought it was hilarious like i watched it for the first time and i didn't really take in like their stories i i i was appreciating how like well um well not choreographed but how like well filmed it was going between uh nate and sean and then the uh the suspect i thought it was very like uh, it, it was very cleverly done, I have to say. But then oh. the second time um, I watched it, and and seeing like, you know, obviously it was like just a rhyming sort of like little um, song. It, it it was really funny. I, I gotta say, it, it is my favorite part of the of the film. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was um, it was my favorite scene. I think to write like yeah. that, that scene was really fun. Just um, coming up with all the all the. Uh, like the rhyme scheme and everything, but <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean because the first time watching it, I would imagine it's it's almost a little too fast paced. Like you're you're just you're just taking it in and you can't really focus on the lyrics or anything. Mm. But the second time, you get to kind of sit back and enjoy it more. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't necessarily say that's um, uh, you know like a critique of the movie though. I I'd say like I would say like it definitely has this rewatchability value to it. So going back and like picking up some things as well, like obviously this is a spoiler, but <laughs> Sean is the one that ate the egg, and yeah. then going back and seeing how Sean reacted initially, it all sort of makes sense, and you you view it from a different lens. It it, it is it is well done. Okay. It, it is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually, yeah, you're right. Like, um, um, yeah, that that was um, like the whole. I mean, I'll ask you both this. Who did you think did it before Sean reveals that he did it? <sighs> I'm not going to lie. I always, I think Sean did it, even though before I realized, um, I found out it was Sean. It just felt like it was like, oh, yeah, the, the guy that's so just like to the side and like, yeah, it, it was definitely yeah. him. 
Yeah, um, no, no. Them, I, I thought, like, quite conversely, um, I thought Bug was uh, a bit of like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing because mm-hmm. he, he – I, I don't know if you, you meant to write this, Zach, but to yeah. me, he came over as a bit of um, like the voice of reason or like, you know, he's asking the questions, wanting to find out the answers. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I thought like, you know, when they went to confront him, I thought he'd like reveal his true nature. But he, he was just – you know, he has a heart of gold at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And, and I, you know, I was quite shocked actually you know, with, with Sean. I thought you know that, that bastard, but uh, <laughs> no, he he, um, he was hungry at the end of the day, and he was he was drunk. So who can blame him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I was trying to make it seem like it was bug until the end, which I'm I'm really happy that one out of two movie fans didn't predict it because I feel yeah. like like you, you both have a really good understanding of how movies work and how stories work. So the fact that at least one of you didn't realize it makes me happy because I, th- I think, um, no, yeah, it's, um, it, it really, if you like, like, like the part of the reason why I want to do that interrogation scene, like in that musical style is because I wanted to get through it fast because I knew the audience would re- like realize by the end that, none of these suspects have enough character attention to have done it. It has to yeah. be the three guys. Otherwise it's like, there's no motivation behind why they ate the egg or, or any like, it, like it's not personal, you know, it has to yeah. be personal. So that's, um, I just thought like that's the funnest way to get through the second act of the movie in order to get to the point where uh, Nate and, uh, Nate and uh, bug have their big argument before Sean reveals it. I got asked a question. Um, oh, what was what was a drink uh, uh, he made with the blender, with the beans and the uh, the sauce? What was that? What was that drink called again? Um, uh, that hangover cure. I guess. Hangover cure. Right. Okay. Is that did did the did you have to, did they actually probably have to drink that as well? Like, no, they didn't. It, the the uh, what they actually drank was I just tried to mimic the color and texture of the smoothie. So they were drinking chocolate milk mixed with margarita mix with crushed oh. ice. So and it did not <laughs> taste good either, but at least it wasn't potentially poisonous. Like, <laughs> I was question. I was like, did he actually drink that? Did you go for on like uh, what directors do that? They um, like they actually like if they if that if you make you eat something disgusting is actually the thing that like. Um, it's actually the thing. It's not like the. It's not like a prop or something else. I can't remember. I keep thinking Kubrick for that. Um, it probably was Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounds like something Kubrick would do. We we did yeah. a lot of things for real in this movie that you would maybe be surprised that we did them for real. But for the smoothie, I was like, no, like it's it's not necessary. <laughs> and I might want a few extra takes, and I don't want anybody passing out on the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say though, like I, I know you said it was like a substitute, but like the uh, the color of it, when um, when Nate realized the egg was missing, mm-hmm. the, the color of it when he like oh I, when he was dribbling, it was, it, it, it was rank, and obviously <laughs> like the, the the tone you were going for was like this disgusting hangover cure, like oh it worked. I was like, I was just gagging, just thinking like, oh I'd have to be so hangover to drink that, and I've been hangover, but. Um, <laughs> I was. Um, you said that um, you obviously you directed this movie, but um, did, did you you choreographed the sort of fight scene 
in uh yeah, yeah, in yeah, the no, third that, act. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that was um that was I mean, that was the scene that felt most like something completely new, like the challenge I hadn't done before. And that was okay. I was so excited for that day when we finally got to do that scene. And we I uh, just um choreographed all the and figured out like all the stunts and how to do it safely with the actors and um yeah. and they were so down for it. They did so many takes. Like <laughs> for, <laughs> we did like seven slaps for Bug and the slaps are oh, real. Like, <laughs> And uh, but he was he was okay. And no, nothing more than a couple bruises and 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 no no injuries. But like, um, <laughs> but they're they're all we were, we were all like. I remember at one point during the day, I was telling the actor who plays Bug. He's he's one of my best friends. But I was just telling him, "Come on, you got we got to do it like Jackie Chan. You got to do like that video <laughs> on YouTube." And then the sound mixer Ethan was just looked at us and said, "Yeah, but you guys aren't Jackie Chan." Like. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> yeah. So, how long was production, Jack? Uh, sorry, Zach. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, we did it. We shot over five days, but we did it over two weekends, so that everyone could work right. on it um, uh, and want to uh, overlap with their classes. And uh, we did three days the first weekend and two days the second weekend. And I'm proud to say we actually finished half a day early. So I got them home early on the last day. That was good. Um, there you are. But- Everyone's happy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, really brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that that fight scene was so much fun, and uh, and I'm really as proud, especially of the first half of it, because the first half was yeah. um, just like like the, I'm sure you remember that shot with the, when Bug gets hit with the piano. Yeah, that, that was and that happened. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And he was fine. But there was a pillow attached to it on the back of it, so. Um, he wasn't actually getting smacked in the face with it. So it's, um, um, but all, a lot of the sound effects in that scene are just the sound that we recorded on the day. There are very few um, like uh, Foley sounds in that scene. All the, uh, most of the Foley sounds are just in the smoothie scene, actually. That's all mm. uh, recreated. But the fight scene, a lot of that was real, like the drum and the confetti cannon and everyone falling on the floor, slamming into each other. That's all, um, yeah, pretty real. And the splash into the pool. Yeah. So the set is—is is it uh, like an apartment or? It's just my apartment. I I just it's, uh, it's yours, right? Yeah, yeah. I just did the production design. I'm I'm literally in here right now, and um, it was uh, it that was one of the funnest things. Honestly, was buying the props and just decorating everything. Um, yeah, like the like someone asked me why did they have a Playboy mag, and I said. <laughs> I said, I don't think I, I like, I imagine these guys can't afford internet internet and that's why they have a playboy mag, but, <laughs> or at least the internet's really slow. So just, why not? Like pay, pay, pay your bags. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's fun. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it is very, very visual as like a visual yeah. gag. It works. And obviously, you know, you see Sean and he, he puts on his glasses to read playboy. I, I thought that was very funny. And then he's reading Stephen Hawking. Which yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a total subversion. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was, I, that was, uh, I literally just went through the Playboy that morning when people were setting things up to find a good page. And then I found that Stephen Hawking had an interview in there. And I was like, this is the article. <sighs> what? <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so I, I, w- I was thinking like – um. They are like some really funny quotes in this movie. 
mm-hmm. I, I I got a couple. It's uh, every time I take a shit, it's shaped like an egg. I thought that was very funny. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go stand on the 405 and hitch a ride back to the Spray Family Ranch. That's that's <laughs> funny. Thank you. <laughs> it's like. Especially at the end, like I, I think I don't know if it's like your direction or or if it was um, sorry, who did you say um plays Bug, your friend? Oh, his name's Atif. Atif, like mm. I don't know if it was like him or like if it was your direction, but him acting very um like flamboyant. Yeah, and it's like no no Bug, wait, and he's like what? Like, he's, <laughs> he, oh, he's, he's just so precious. Like I, I love that character. <laughs> yeah, and all credit goes to him on on that flamboyant performance. That was <laughs> he he flew in from Arkansas to do the movie, um, and uh, I was really I couldn't find anybody to play that role. And he's he's my, uh, one of my best friends since high school. And and uh, I called him. And I said, "Can you please come come over and play this character?" And um, and I told him, uh, "We'll split your flight. Like we'll split we'll split it with the budget. Like you'll come and we'll have a good time. We'll be here for like a week." And um, um, he came and he, after the first two days of shooting, he he just lived with me in the apartment throughout the shoot. It was just me and him in my apartment. He was on the couch and, um, and one day we were, uh, just having in and out like this hamburger place in, in LA. And, um, and he was, he just asked me like, how, he asked me like, how am I, how am I doing? Like, how's my performance? And I said, I mean, you're really good, but like, you could have a little more fun with it. Like you could just be a little bit more silly. Like he's taking all the direct, he was taking all the direction really well. Like in the arguments, yeah. I told him be angry, like be furious. Like the, the angrier, angrier you are, the funnier it'll be. But I told him like, you can um, let loose a little and, and just be silly. And, and, uh, and then I went to the grocery store to, to buy a, a couple, uh, uh, some, some water for the crew, actually some water bottles. And, came back and then he was like, can we rehearse for the next day? It was his last day of shooting. And it was that, that scene, uh, the flamboyant one. And he started doing that. And I think it was cause he saw a movie starring Shah Rukh Khan, the Bollywood actor. And, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and he just started doing that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe what it is. I think it's just, it was like, he's so, he's so angry and serious up to that point. Like there's that scene where that shot where he goes like now make up and he's, he's yelling at them. And then in the next scene, he's just, he's just very, very dramatic. And, and I think because he didn't change anything in the script, like that's, that's how it was written. And I think he made it so much better because it was, the dialogue was kind of cheesy and really dramatic and if he had been taking it seriously, I don't think it would have been funny because I think by the end of the movie, people will still care about the characters. Like no one, no one's going to yeah. in this movie, obviously, but I, I think they'll care about the friends. Like they'll, it'll feel like, like they'll, they'll be rooting for them to make up, but he just made the film so much. He made that scene so much better and so much funnier. And there were so many reaction shots that we, that weren't intended for what they were used. Like, like these little looks that he gives um Nate's giving his, his speech and um all credit goes to Atif on that. He came up with that um that I that performance for that scene and he made the film so much better. So that's um I was really grateful that he agreed to do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed uh Bug, you know, uh, Atif and he, I thought he was he was really good. Yeah. Yeah. What, was, what was the budget then of uh, the film? We didn't have a like a concrete budget. We, I just kind of, um, uh, I would say we spent 
somewhere close to $5,000 on the movie. But uh, t- to be honest, I just um, I took the semester off from school, from my uh, my film school to to make the movie because um, the screenwriting, the screenwriters in my movie don't um, we don't really have to make any films throughout our program. Um, only the, the, the film production majors have to. So I, I really wanted to make like my thesis, basically, before I uh, graduate in a couple of years. But um, oh, that's great. I thought now was a good time to do it. So my parents were like, uh, look, just don't spend too much. Just, I mean, try <laughs> to manage the budget. And um, it just kind of, I just kind of spent as I went. But overall, I think like a little under $5,000 um, uh, probably for the whole film, which um, I know mean, there wasn't, that's including like accidents and stuff that happened. So like, yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, we, we, it was, it was, uh, like, honestly, one of the most expensive things on the film was the food for the crew. Like that was like $700 in and of itself. So, um, yeah, I think we, uh, uh it makes, it makes we, you think like how, like expect, well, like how pricey making a film is, isn't it? Like, yeah. uh, I guess one of the, like, obviously when you want to like do a, a good film, uh, having in mind about like the, the price of where things going to be like, and, uh, you got to take that into account, but like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's only like a, a, you know, it's not, not like a, I wouldn't see it as like an issue, but at all, but it's like, uh, uh, but, but then did you buy, was that 5,000 pounds spent on like the equipment as well? Like on the cameras or the, the lighting equipment or anything like that? Yeah. The, the rental for all the equipment was like, I think $900. And yeah. a lot of the, a big chunk of the money was the props the props there there were so many and we returned a lot of them um like the the just the crash pads underneath the the kiddie pool in the fight scene just those pads were like two hundred dollars and and i returned them so that was good but um uh but yeah yeah we tried to be as economical as possible but like some of the like one thing that happened was um yeah, do you know that scene where um, Nate is at the punch bowl and and uh, Miriam throws the punch on him? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, fun, fun story about that scene. That was not the plan. The, the plan was he was going to say his line and then she was going to walk away angrily. But uh, Dash, the, the actor who plays Nate, was like, "What if she just throws the punch punch on me?" And I was like, um, "I was like, yeah, that's actually a good idea, but we got to get that in <laughs> because." Um, because we, we can't like, like you're your clothes are going to be stained after this and he didn't need his outfit for the rest of the day. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. And we did the scene and then the sound mixer, Donovan, uh, the sound mixer for that day came over and he was like, what, what, what why did you do that? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's wearing his lavalier mic. <laughs> it was $400. He broke the mic. Yes, the water just destroyed the mic, and uh, underneath his jacket, and and I just had to pay for it. That was it. <laughs> I, I know that's a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I think that was worth it because I don't oh, think yeah, that would have yeah. been funny if she just walked away. Yeah, no, oh, I, yeah, yeah. That part, I think, yeah. that part, I laughed so much. Like, oh, <laughs> I found that hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but um so, so your um what was it called like the knife rack like like the, the body with like the knives is that yours or is that a prop 
Good question. No, that that is uh, that is my friend Juliana's, and I was just at her apartment a long time ago, like a year and a half ago, and I just saw that in her kitchen, and I took a picture of it, and I was like, "This is really cool." And I tried to find one on Amazon. I bought it, and it was not the same. It was not as bright. It was really cheap plastic, and I just looked all over the internet. I couldn't find it, so I, I returned the one that I bought. And then I texted her. I said, "Can I please have this for these five days?" And she was like, "Yeah, sure." So I went over to her place and got it. And now, and she's in the special thanks of the movie for it because that is a great prop. That yeah. is, yeah, like the um, like the actual the, the body, like it always sticks out when it's in the scene. Like your eyes are drawn to the bo- like the the actual body of the knife rack. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I I did like actually find my eyes just like going. I obviously you said like you wanted to install some elements of foreshadowing. And I thought, oh, something's going to happen with the knives, but um, it is r- really well done. Um, I um, so, so do you know the cutaway scenes? Mm-hmm. Um, let's have a look. So with the um, the Kelsey cutaway scene with the Canadians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was that, that, that's something very like Family Guy ish about that. Right on point, right on point. Because yeah. um, I I grew up with Family Guy and I love the movie Ted and Ted Two and uh, I love that cutaway humor. That that is right on point. I don't watch Family Guy that much anymore, but um, yeah, no the the flashback scenes were really fun and um, and it was part of the reason why I want to do that is I didn't want the film to feel like it was like you're watching a play. I mean, I love plays, but I, I wanted it to feel like big. I wanted you to feel the world that was outside of the apartment, even though we never really go outside. And, um, and, and I, yeah, I just, um, I wanted to keep the film visually interesting and engaging and, and, and fast paced. So yeah, like that, that scene with the Canadian border guards, that was like the last thing we filmed. And, um, and we did a lot of those scenes in just, in just white, like, uh, we didn't even do coverage on that scene, but um, yeah, like um, yeah, that a lot of those scenes were really improvised. Like that border guard scene; those uh, those the two border guards are my friends, actually, uh, Luke and Ben. And Ben was the first AD, actually. And um, and they, they, I just told them like like just uh, strangle Nate and carry Kelsey away over your back, and <laughs> and then Luke improvised this thing about like um, you're going to make the most of our free healthcare when we put you in. A- <laughs> <laughs> and before that, I think Ben says like Earl, hold the American, and I didn't tell them his name is Earl. Like, just <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think when you make movies with your friends who understand your humor, they they'll they'll come up with with things that are are tonally consistent with the movie and and elevate it. So that's um, that was a lot of that was how we went about a lot of those flashbacks. Yeah. Um, so you probably don't know this, but um, so I used to live with uh, Reese Bolton uh, mm-hmm. in university and we do sort of like little like uh, films with our mates, just like, you know, like little just gags and we just send them to each other or like mm-hmm. the people on our courses just for, for a laugh, you know, nothing to this caliber. So um, I can't really compare it to your movie, Zach, but, um, you know, I, I totally agree. It's like, I, I we we'd record something, and one of our friends would come out of, the, of nowhere and just do something which it fits. Because mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's just you know friends have this a similar sense of humor, and I think you know that's why a, a lot of like the little things that you said, like the, you know the, the Canadians, it, it worked. And I, mm-hmm. I, I was going back like and trying to listen to like what they were saying as well, because 
it's just it's so like it's just little things I think just make because you haven't got to consider all these things but you can just make you can just go through the motions of just making a film and not include any of these sort of little details but as you said with like the posters that I, I I have to think like I I didn't consider that about the posters but like looking back that that is yeah quite clever actually oh, thank you but, yeah um, no yeah um I definitely wanted to make a movie that is in touch with the like just um the naive excitement of making movies with your friends when you get yeah. to college just on your iPhone. I wanted to like stay in touch with that while also making a movie that is uh that displays my ability to direct a movie and to uh and and is like uh, a representation of my capabilities and and is professional and is um, and is like well-made and entertaining for people who aren't our friends. Because a lot of the times when you make movies with your friends in college, they're really funny to your friends because like, um, and this is definitely the case for me at least uh, and not, not to speak for anybody else, but like, um, like a lot of times the movies that make my friends are like funny to us because we're in them. But when you show them to other people, they'd be like, okay, I mean, this is fine. It's, it's, it's like a sketch, but um with this i wanted to um to like hold on to the to the just this the excitement and spirit we all have of hanging out with each other and making movies but on a bigger scale kind of like this is the end if you ever you ever seen that movie yeah 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 Yeah, like um as opposed to something like like, I don't want to make some like grown-ups where it's adam sandler and his friends and um and i think like um like, like the, like, I don't want to say that I have an attention to detail, but like, I, I do try to, um, like have as much, have as many like things to look at on screen to entertain the audience as much as possible. There's a better way to phrase that, but like, um, with that, there's like a party flashback, which is like a tracking shot that goes through the living room and you see all the suspects, um, before Sean introduces them. And, and we did a lot of takes for that scene. That was, um, that was really choreographed and, and, um, and I just, and like a lot of my friends were in that scene and they were really tired at the end of the day. And I kind of felt bad about that, but at the same time, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna pay off when people see it because we were exhausted and we were tired and it was not as fun as making a movie where it's just on our iPhone and it's just us hanging out. But, um, but I think ultimately it's it it'll be worth it when people see it. So that's um, so I feel I feel good about this one. It's yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, re- I really hope this does well because this yeah, does yeah, deserve the attention. Yeah, really great. Like yeah, yeah. I really and, 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 and like a double point as well because you did track and shot, and I love track and shots in films. It's like <laughs> I wanted I, I, so many more, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I I really wanted to do more. I yeah, uh, when I when I was making movies in my house uh, growing up, we did a lot of tracking shots on on my iPhone, and um, I love that. Inaritu is one of my favorites, but we just didn't have the space in this in this apartment. But yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like especially when um, recording like outside, if you want to record somewhere where it got a lot more space, sometimes mm-hmm. you need to like obviously have like the person who owns that place like obviously their yeah. approval for you to film there and sometimes they ask for money and 
and other places like you do in the field and stuff which is fine but like if you want to use like i don't know like um a hall or somewhere to like record indoor scenes then the person who owns that you need to get their approval you need to make mm. sure it's it, like it's a you know it fits their time as well when it's the, when the place is like closed and they're not using it and then sometimes like the owners will like charge you for using it mm-hmm. for um renting out the place yeah but um yeah there's um I wanted to say sort of the, um, you know, I, I thought Day for Night was done very well. Because obviously, you know, you have to, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, it's more expensive, obviously. And, and people have to take time out of their you know lives to sort of film in, uh, well, nighttime schedules, especially if you want to do like an, um, an exterior scene. But I know I, I thought it was really well done. And obviously, you know, you're trying to establish that this is a, uh, you know, this is a student house party. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was good, and I I, I can't say much about lighting because obviously we live in Britain and it's not the best <laughs> we, for we uh, sunshine. Get any light. We don't get any yeah. Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you're um, where, where are you from, Zach? Uh, I was born in Arizona, but I lived most of my life in Dubai, actually. So right. I lived there and uh, from when I was like eight to the uh, end of high school, and then I moved uh, to California for college. And yeah, so um kind of international student, I guess. But um, um, but yeah. Um, as for the lighting, like uh, that was all up to the cinematographer because I I am like once again I'm a writing major, screenwriting major, yeah. and I did not know anything about that. All I know is kind of how I want it to look. But um, uh, but she did a really good job making those scenes look like they were night because I think even one of them wasn't actually. I think we just blocked out the um the balcony but um no she did a really good job with that stuff so um i've got yeah so um what are your plans then for the future zach uh you know well you're talking about you and your film student in california like uh like you know what what do you want to to be in the future like uh where do you see yourself going well i really want to be a writer director producer i know that's uh like you probably heard that a million times, but um, uh, yeah, no, I, I want to apply to internships now actually for the summer. And I, after, after the summer, I have two years left of film school undergrad. And after that, I, I just want to um, uh, work what I work as I go, you know, get internships and jobs here and there. But uh, ultimate goal is I want to be a writer, director, producer. So that's, oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I want to be a um, a producer researcher, so mm-hmm. um, I want to be the person like who just a lot because I've got like a history degree and along with my film studies degree, but film mm-hmm. studies different kind of like in film school where you actually are, you know, you actually are doing more, uh, you know, well, what's the word? Uh, you, you're doing filming actually, like like filming like for me like film studies was like we watch films and we'll look at like uh the allegories or what this means and stuff and all that looking at like textual analysis and all that like what is in the, it's in the shots of a screen like uh and all that so um but basically like i want to go into like researching so like uh, researching like films coming up with ideas for new tv shows for new films or like if you say, for example, like an historical drama or a historical film, I mm-hmm. would, 
I would do some research into that to make sure there's historical accuracy and all that. That's what I want to go into. But producers, as like the job I really want to, if I see myself in like 10 years' time, um, it'll be, I want to be a producer. No, yeah, that 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 sounds amazing, and uh, and uh, and I really hope that happens because um, yeah, no, that um, I never really think about that stuff like uh, in terms of like um, films need their um, research and historical historical accuracy. It's not something a lot of people think about, but um, yeah, 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 it's a lot of like the pre-production stuff before, but uh, um, but it's like you know, it's, it's it's something I want to go into, and obviously, my as I said, like I want to go into uh, producing at the end. I mean, it, it's interesting with the film industry because I don't know if you like. Did, did you fi- do you find it's very um, difficult to apply for like internships or to get into film school? It's, it's very competitive, isn't it? The industry. Um, it is competitive, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Getting into film school was. Uh, not the hardest thing to be honest. I think um, yeah, the, the reason I really like my film school Chapman is because uh, I remember the application was um, like they, they wanted a, it was very personal. Like it wasn't just like the basic questions you see on, on all the college applications. They asked like about you like that. That's mm. um, and, and there was like a really long questionnaire and I think um, and being able to answer that well, I think helped me because my grades weren't the best. And I think that they um, were looking for people who had, who just really love movies, like, like, and, and really yeah. want to do this. And, um, and I find a lot of people like that here. And um, like the, the guy who plays Sean, his name's actually just Sean. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he really loves movies and, and, uh, and I, 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 I don't quite know how hard it's going to be finding internships yet. I haven't really applied to many, but, um, I imagine it's gonna, it's not going to be easy, but, um, I'll do what I can. And honestly, part of, um, wh- why I wanted to make this movie was cause I thought, yeah, I think it'll help me get an internship. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, well, Zach, you know, good, good luck on everything you want to do. Um, I have uh, one last question for you, and that's uh, when are we going to get uh, little Survivor T-shirts ready to buy? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, we actually um, – I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll ask you again five years. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep ask, asking you to uh, – if there... <laughs> I have a kind jokes away, actually. Yeah. Um, another, like, obviously, a question I want to say it's probably one of the most like general questions is what is your favorite film? Oh, good question. Uh, I would have to go with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I think that's oh, yeah, that's my gold nice. standard for comedies. I think that's I don't think it gets gets much better than that for me. Brilliant. Would you go into if you? Obviously, you want to be a writer. Would you just want to be a comedy writer? Or would you want to branch to a lot of different genres? Well, I think the, the I think the reason I I like doing comedies now is because I don't feel like there are that many of them, and I feel like that's yeah. Um, that I think there's actually I think there is a demand for them. I think um, mm. there's like I know a lot of friends who are really good at making horror movies or making 
dramas. And I think I could do those, but I, I think I want to, I want to have my place and I, I want, I feel like there is a demand for comedy writers right now. And, and I think if I can do that, then I want to, because I, I like making, I like making coming of age movies mostly, I think. And, and uh, I, I like making people laugh. I think it's, yeah. Um, and if I can do that, then why not? Like it's, it's not the easiest genre, but it's fun. Like, um, I get, a, I get a lot of joy out of it. So, and I think right now with like, cause we live in a very like stressful, really yeah. depressing time. I think we do need a lot more comedies coming out and bringing that laughter to audiences. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like I think I don't think it's a coincidence that people watched Borat more than any movie on streaming last year. I think. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and coming to America, and um, like I think that we've lost a lot of R-rated comedies in theaters in the last few years, but I think that we're going to be seeing more of them on streaming um, in the future. I think. Yeah, I agree. So, what do you think is like? What do you what do you believe is going to happen to cinema now after you know during COVID? Do you see? Do you think there's going to be a lot more like films going to go to streaming, or do you reckon you see like the cinema having this massive boost of film, like more people going in to watch films? Or just, just wondering what you think. A really good question. I think, um, I, I, I to be honest, most of my friends and a lot of them even the ones in film school don't go to, didn't go to theaters regularly before COVID. I go all the time, or at least I did. And, and I will once they're open again. But um, I, I think that there are obviously pros and cons to both. Like, I don't think that Zack Snyder could have made justice league four hours long in a movie. No. theater. Obviously he couldn't. Yeah, you're right. I don't think Martin Scorsese could have made the Irishman three and a half hours long. So there's, some benefit to having that platform, that outlet. But um, at the end of the day, there's, I think it, I think you consume movies differently when you're in a theater. Like why I like part, when I think of Joker, I don't just think of the movie. I think of exactly the place I was and who I was with when I watched the movie. And it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's not just watching a movie in IMAX. Like there's so much more to it than that. And yeah, to go away but yeah i i i found out when watching 1917 because i watched 1917 for the first time in cinema with reese and i was i thought like, this is amazing this like this is made for cinema and then i watched it like a couple like week months ago with my family and he just kept pausing it and like having breaks oh, and it does take away because watching 1917 when you you, know, you have breaks and all that take away from the whole like the way it's directed. Yeah. It definitely breaks the immersion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think that a big problem that I don't hear a lot of people talk about with theaters being closed for a year and everything going to streaming is I think that the, um, like the value of a movie ticket has been really devalued. Like it has been lowered. Like people are, um, like now that everyone got to see soul for free on Disney plus, or at least for the, you know, no added cost, like they, 
I think now families, for example, are going to be thinking like, why am I going to go spend a hundred dollars to go watch whatever the next Pixar movie is in theaters when they can just wait for it to come to Disney plus like, like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a really interesting yeah. way of looking at it. I, I actually agree. Yeah. Cause, um, as you said, you know, with no additional costs, cause you know, the whole debacle with, uh, Mulan, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's a controversy in itself, but I agree, you know, I, I really liked watching Soul and I, and I was just thinking just, yeah, like, well, I, I can watch it from the comfort of my own, own home. I am going to travel. And obviously then with the, the movie tickets and obviously um, it's probably the same in America, you know, like um, uh, buying snacks in the theater are extortionate uh, in the UK. And it's just, I don't know, like, especially like you're, you're not guaranteed you know, like if if you're in a movie theater with people who aren't necessarily there to enjoy it, just, you know, just there to take the piss really, you know, it does take away from the experience. Whereas at home, it's more of a, obviously a homely experience. So I, I don't know, obviously we, we'll, we'll cross the bridge when we come to it really. And we'll, and we'll see what happens to, to filmmaking in general, really. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like you, s- Obviously, we I've seen films in cinemas and people have been disruptive, but I'll see. I think now there'll be less people like that going to cinemas because if okay. they if they I feel like they they always watch the film like at home if they uh, right yeah. not have to go to cinema and disrupt others. That's mm. the that depends if they release the film in theaters and at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so, oh, yeah. sorry, Zach. No, no. Um, uh, I I think. I, I think this is like what it's going to come to. It's going to be movie theaters or cinemas used to be there for people. Like the sole purpose of a cinema was for people to go watch a movie. And I think in the future, that's not going to be the case. It's going to be the sole purpose of cinemas is going to be for people to go watch a movie in a cinema. Like it's, it's, it's like, like I don't think people are like I think now people are more comfortable waiting for films to come to streaming because they they're very used to it now. I don't think that premium VOD, you know, when they put a film on for like twenty dollars and you rent it or twenty pounds, yeah. like I think people are actually very comfortable waiting for movies to come to streaming now because there's so many. Like like I've heard so many people say that no movies came out in 2020. That's not true. A lot of yeah, I I, I really dislike that uh, that view that people take. It's like, oh, you know, there's nothing to watch on, they say on, on, on television, but obviously online as well. And you, you just think about all these streaming services. And yeah, like even if you haven't got to uh, pay uh, with additional costs, you, know, you look at like stuff on Disney Plus that's been released. Yeah. You know, you, you have The Mandalorian. You know, what, what, a, what a cinematic experience that was. And now uh, WandaVision, Falcon, you know. Like, like, yeah, every week there's something new. Falcon, Winter yeah. Soldier, next up is Loki. Like, Brilliant, um, yeah. I think that, you know, you know, people were so upset when HBO Max announced that all their movies are going to streaming. I think that that was, I mean, that was obviously devastating to cinemas, but I think that what Disney Plus announced with their, uh, their, their, um, their stockholders event, when they announced like all their upcoming projects and most of them were series like The Mandalorian, I think that should actually be a bit more alarming to cinemas because... Yeah the Marvel movies and basically all the Disney movies, the live action remakes and the Pixar films and all that, that that's what's been keeping the theaters alive. Like if you look at the top 10 highest grossing films of 2019, I think eight of them are 
Disney films. So if they think that it's more profitable for them to focus on Disney Plus, then that should be more alarming to movie theaters than the HBO Max thing, because that's just a one year thing, according yeah. to them at least. So it's obviously the same in the US, but um, in, in the UK, we have um, like small theaters. They'll be normally um, like they, they call them, say, like workman's halls or um, just well old theaters. And um, especially around by me, um, they they don't show the movies until about a month or so after initial release. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they don't help themselves whether that's, you know, maybe that, that's not their fault. Maybe they just can't afford to bring out these movies when they can't, you know, when they initial release, but they, 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 they were just struggling to survive anyway. And it just seems like with everything happening, it's just a bit of a, a, a death, sorry, not a death toll. Um, you know, just like yeah. the bells ringing for them at the end of the day, it's just you know, it's pretty sad because yeah, to see like these really old, you know, these classical theaters to just go out of business is is quite is sad. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I I I've seen more restaurants close around my area than the movie yeah. theater. Um, uh, I I really hope the theaters don't close, but um, the like, I mean, do you think that part of why people don't go to theaters as much as they used to is is just like the theater, the the chains, like the big chains, not holding up the like rules of don't play with your phone and and don't disturb anyone because that honestly annoys me sometimes and um and it's not fun having to go complain to the usher or anything and be a narc or just be a yeah snitch basically. And, <laughs> It's that happened to me in a star is born and I, and that really ruined the experience for me <laughs> back in the day. But, yeah. It's weird in the UK. Like there's always, we never have any ushers come and tell people to get off their phones or anything. It's yeah. like, I've been in cinemas where literally there's people like there's kids like screaming and stuff. And like, no one, like people say, Oh, be quiet and stuff. But like <laughs> you were, the ushers would not come up and be like, Oh, can you please like, you know, be quiet. But to, to our question you said, Zach, I mm. think the reason, in my opinion, UK, people aren't going to go to cinemas is because of the money. Like people, it's the money, I think. if like I feel like cinemas have gone up in charging, but prices have gone up, especially in the UK. I don't know what it's like in America, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's one of the reasons why, like, less before COVID, less, you know, cinem- less people are going to the... Uh, the fears was because of economic reasons. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame them for that. Honestly. No, no, but that's, that's not gonna, that, that's, that's just gonna, that issue is going to be just, I mean, like, like it's going to be worse after COVID because now the economy is horrible and people don't have yeah. a lot of mm. um, yeah. uh, spare change, you know, spare, spare money to spend on, on the tickets. But um, like, I don't think like there's so many streaming services, but really for the average moviegoer or average consumer of entertainment, all they need is Netflix. It's just $10 yeah. a month and there's enough yeah. on to keep them entertained. And, and, you know, most people have an Amazon account anyway, just to get their things delivered. And, and that has, that itself has such a wide selection. So um, that's just, I guess what I mean when I say like the, value of watching a movie 
or the cost or just the expected price of watching a film has been lowered significantly because I don't even think people rent movies that much anymore. I really don't think that premium VOD is going to, is, is a viable way for studios to make money because I think the only people who rent movies for $20 are, are people like us, just really big movie fans who can't wait to watch something like mm-hmm. a young woman. So, um, I, I feel like know. it, yeah, maybe if blockbuster like went online rather than having to go in store, I reckon they would make a, like a lot of money during this lockdown. Um, we can all COVID with a blockbuster. Yeah. If they, uh, they know you can rent a movie from our online stores and for this price. Yeah. yeah if, if they were still around. But, yeah. Um, they're still around. Yeah. 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 So, talking time. about, um, movies released, uh, digitally, we watched, uh, cherry starring, yeah. uh, Tom Holland. I was just wondering what were your thoughts about that movie? Zach? I had, I was pleasantly surprised. See, I mm. I don't think the I think I I agree with a lot of the problems that I've heard people having with the movie, but honestly, I I really vibed with it. I thought it was very yeah. creatively directed. I you know, the story's good. It's it's fine. It's not really I mean, I know it's a true story and and um and I feel for the guy. Um he went through that, but it wasn't that special to me, but it was it was a it was a simple story that was told in a very creative way, and and I would understand if people think that the Russo brothers were just trying to um, you know be stylish for the sake of being stylish and showing off their their skills, but I I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. Um, I didn't think it really needed to have the whole prologue, chapter one, chapter two. Thing yeah. Prologue, but um, it was fine. It was, that was okay. I thought the um, my least favorite part of the movie was the war chapter, just because I thought it was the most generic. Like, I mean, it was shot well. It was shot creatively, but I thought yeah. you know, it was like him and his friend, and then hmm. uh, I'm not going to spoil, but like, um, yeah, I, I really loved the last act of the movie, like when um, when he gets addicted to drugs and him and his girlfriend, like that that part was really entertaining to me. Yeah, yeah. that definitely had the most heart. I thought the most um, yeah. like grounded, just realism, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. just like it, it hit you over the head with just how like horrible like their lives had become. Yeah, um, but um, I, I think uh, I think you you Bolton you told me like you thought like this movie was a bit of a like a hodgepodge of like a, a bit of this a bit of that and it didn't know what it wanted to be yeah it's what i found with this film was it it obviously each chapter i found was like a different genre so mm-hmm. um and the way like i could see was it was like definitely taking stuff from other movies but there was nothing that made yeah. it stand out in that genre so the way i saw like um uh for example the war chapter i I can think of stuff like jarhead i can think of stuff like uh you know like tv shows like generation kill i mean like they're both set during like the gulf wars and um you know other films as well like um set set during that period during the war on terror but that cherry didn't have that like um didn't stand out from all those other like titles the same way with um the uh what's called the uh you know the addiction chapter mm-hmm. i felt like i'd seen this before and like other stuff like uh Requiem for a dream it like 
it didn't feel i enjoyed the film i, re- I really enjoyed the film but there was nothing there like that stood out like in the already like in a genre that's already got his other titles to come out before yeah mm-hmm. it's um i i don't necessarily agree with um with, with this opinion, but I, I read somewhere, I forget the the outlet that uh, wrote it, but it said that um, Tom Holland was miscast in this movie. No, no, no I, I, I don't think so. I think it was the best mm. part, honestly. Like, I think, yeah, I, I was really impressed with him, to be honest. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I before this, I thought his best performance was actually in The Impossible, above yeah. Spider Man. Mm. He was, I thought, I think he's good in Spider Man. I just think, um, like this really impressed me. Like I, I will really be looking forward to his next movie, his, his career, because um, I think that with Spider-Man, a lot of people in the industry probably look at him as like, like how they looked at Leonardo DiCaprio when he was younger and he was doing Titanic and all the girls loved him and they all had crushes on him. And he was Mm -hmm. like, um, they seen him as just like a pretty face. But I think with um, this movie, he really got to show his skills and, um, and I, I mean, I, comp- I forgot it was him to be honest at a certain point. Like, um, I'm like in that last chapter, he's, I, I, I don't think he's quite like Oscar level for me, but he, he really knocked it out of the park. I think. Yeah. Um, this might be a bit controversial, but I, yeah. I thought the, uh, the, the narration overall was quite, um, distracting from the story. Mm-hmm. I know, like it needs to. It's based off a true story, and it needs to convey what's going on inside his head. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't gel with narration in general. You know, I hated. Um, is it the theatrical release of Blade Runner? You know, it's just it just reminded me of that. No, I, agree. I yeah, it, it just. I, I don't know. I, I think some people liked it. I, I, I didn't personally gel with it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Like, I'm not a big fan of narration in films. Yeah. Unless if it's in like if it's short amount of it, then it's fine. But when it's like constantly like you know, yeah, throughout, then I don't like it. It's like a bit too distracting. Yeah, as like you said, it's distract- distracting. Um, what about the fourth award narration? Did you? What do you think of that? The uh, you know, like you say, talking to the audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was going to say the only narr- the only director who really does narration well, where you don't even notice it, I think, is Scorsese. Like in Wolf oh yeah, Wolf. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think it was unnecessary for this movie, to be honest. And I don't, I just, I didn't think it needed it that much. Like, um, well, actually, thinking about it, maybe it did, but it was kind of distracting. But what do you think of the fourth wall narration? Yeah. I. Um... I thought it was all right because you know, obviously this at the end of the day was. Um, oh, let, let me pull up the. Uh, it's auto fictional. Auto autobiography. Yeah. So you know it's it is him you know, recounting his life and his misdeeds to us. So you know like, obviously I, I can. You know I, it's almost as if you know he's personally telling me or I'm reading about his history, which makes it um, a more personal character piece, which you know I, I liked, but. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a bit of a, a cliche now, just breaking the fourth wall for, for the hell of it. You know, obviously you have stuff like Deadpool, which it's a bit of a satire on fourth wall breaking, but um, I, I thought it was all right. It, it didn't do it too much, 
but um, maybe that's just me being ov- uh, overly critical. But um, uh, I, was, I was just wondering, Zach, whether he, you saw the initial teaser poster for this, I and did. Um, it, it said "Best Picture." <laughs> yeah, they were campaigning it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, um, when I saw the poster, I was like, "Cherry, that's cool." And then when I got to the end of the movie, I was like, "Wait." Why is it called Cherry? Because no one ever refers to him. I don't think anyone ever like, refers to him. Um, so I'm popping your cherry in yeah. the board, uh, you know, chapter where it's like popping cherry. I think like seeing your first like experiences of war, like popping your cherry. Yeah. So right. that's um, what, what it was. In, in the credits, he's, he's, uh, he's credited as Cherry as well. Does anyone and, call him Cherry though? Nope. <laughs> I, I think he's, he's unnamed. Like he, he yeah. has no name. Yeah, he's like the protagonist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, from Tenet, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. God, yeah. Tenet, what a movie. Um, yeah, I got the poster for that too. Then I have the July one, like the, the before they ever moved the release date. But, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. that's going to be antique in the future. <laughs> not, not to get off topic, but did you guys get a chance to see it in 70 millimeter in, in the UK? Or, or we saw it. I can't recall whether it was seventy millimeter. Ah. Um, we saw it like on the initial release. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you know more about this than me, Bolton. To be fair, I, I don't think we. I don't think we saw an IMAX. Uh, no, whether no. it's seventy millimeter, I'm not sure. Uh, what was it we watched in? Okay, it's like a show. It was a showcase cinema, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, I don't think they'd show seventy millimeter. They no, just showed no. like the bog standard one, which, but um, I mean, Tenet, yeah, like even now, like I'm thinking, I liked it. I, I, I liked how at the end of the day, I mean, Nolan, I love and hate him. Yeah. It's like you're not meant to understand it, you're meant to feel it. And when you stop thinking about it and realize like everything's backwards and forwards and everything melds together eventually. It sort of does make sense, and and you have a grudging respect to the to the uh, the filmmaking, but I I still I, I haven't reconciled with the sound design. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah yeah, yeah it's no, not my uh, favorite aspect of it. Yeah, me neither. I I think Tenet needs two viewings to even. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it three yeah. times, and I was like, okay, I can understand a lot more than I did yeah. the first time. Hmm. Yeah, I, I drove um, from LA to San Diego to see the film, and I actually live like south of LA, like you know, Orange County. But I drove two hours to see the film because the theaters weren't open in my area when it opened, when in back in September, and I was, I just had a headache on the way back. Yeah, like, <laughs> I really didn't understand it too well. But uh, I, I actually recommended when my friends asked me, "Do I recommend it to them?" I said, "I do," but. Literally, just go on Wikipedia and read the entire <laughs> synopsis before you go. Just spoil it. For <laughs> you can maybe like leave the last paragraph unread so that you they they don't they don't the, yeah. the little twist at the end doesn't get spoiled. But um, I, I yeah, like I, I really enjoyed it the second time. This um, say, uh, significantly more than the first time. And yeah, I think um, it benefits from very strong main characters. Obviously, you have the protagonist. Yeah, John David Washington, and you have Robert Pattinson as well, which they are very—I um, wouldn't say well 
fleshed out characters, but the the acting is is superb. And um, Kenneth Branagh, who is like he's he's deliciously evil. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, his, um, his accent. accent. Yeah, his accent's a bit suspect, but um, he's really good. If you see the film as like like a Bond film with just a bit of time travel in it. That's yeah. really Tenet. That's how I said to people that like, people ask, oh, what is Tenet? And it's like, think of a Bond film <laughs> with time travel because it's literally like a Bond film. Like, yeah. Everything goes backwards. <laughs> yeah. The score is amazing by Ludwig. Uh, yes. Oh, he's become one of my favorite composers. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, Catherine, but yeah. Yeah. Like on, on top of, you know, you have, he did the first Creed, I believe. And then, you know, obviously the Mandalorian, and um, Black Panther, Black Panther, oh, one Oscar, what a man! That. Oh yeah. But um, putting it back to Cherry, yeah, right, um, I, I'm I'm a sucker for like the, the, the stark um, like cinematography or just very like out, outstanding sort of visual. So each chapter, when it's it's marked by like this. Um, scarlet background just black and red mm-hmm. and then obviously you have like the chapter title or whatever i found that very visually stunning obviously it's it's a signature like it's a hallmark almost of the russo brothers with um winter soldier and civil war to have like these very in your face like whenever they go to a new location they, it just, the name will be in your face so i wasn't that like shocked seeing like this very in your face um, chapter openings, but I, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I liked the um, the direction was you know good. It, it wasn't say Oscar worthy for anyone in particular, but um, I mean cinematography was pretty good. Lighting, oh, the, the, those you know. those sweeping overhead shots of Cleveland, yeah, it's a you know amazing. It, it puts you into like the world that you know Cherry lives in, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. That was, um, I agree. And I think maybe part of, um, like, it was nice seeing the Russo brothers, like, get out. Because, you know, I'm not going to, not to diminish the directing of their MCU films, which are all great. But, like, it's, I think they wanted to make a movie where they could really just do anything and just have fun. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and it's create like, I don't want to say be more creative. It's 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 kind of like with MCU, they have to still make their films within the continuity of the rest of the universe. So they have yeah. to they have to blend with the other films. With this, they could just do whatever they wanted, and um, and it was it was nice seeing that from them. It, it, it surprised me. I mean, well, at least when I saw the trailer, it surprised me. But um, yeah, and how this film has gone. You know, compared to the films they made with like the um, MCU, a bit more like trying to be more family friendly, still have a bit of like yeah. like grittiness and a bit of dark in it. But this yeah. film is like proper like you know adult stuff, like really Un- unapologetic. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, like serious, serious. Yeah. Like the stuff. um, obviously you've seen the whole films act, but like when um when it was in, when he's in the car, sorry, the uh, the parking lot of um the hospital. And he, he's stabbing himself with a syringe. That that is that's ingrained in my memory now. That that is one of them. That is very. I, I think if say Tom Holland was to have like an award for anything, it would be for that scene because 
I don't know, like sometimes like Oscar bait, like it's very obvious, but I, he he was like giving his all. When he kept on like stabbing himself as well, which was it, it is brutal. I don't think I've ever seen something like that in a film. Yeah, no, me me neither. That was um, that was intense. Like yeah, like I I felt the pain. Hmm. And and by the way, um, uh, Ciara Bravo, who plays his girlfriend. I used to watch her on this Nickelodeon show when I was a kid called Big Time Rush. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. It's like when it's like when people saw Zendaya in Euphoria. And you and you know, usually in in a movie like this, it's um like the people who play teenagers or college students look like twenty nine year olds, but yeah. he looks really young. And, <laughs> and she was um I mean, obviously, Tom Holland had more to do. He had uh, he had more scenes like that one in the car, but um, but I thought she was also excellent. Like, um, yeah, I have to say, she's probably the most committed girlfriend I've ever seen on on uh, the screen. <laughs> so I mean, she literally, like, you know, she she helped it. You know, she was there for him when he came back from like the war. And then she got like you know into addicted to drugs with him, and then like obviously when she overdosed, she came back to him. And then when he went to prison for what like let's mm. say like seven to ten years, she was she was outside waiting for him when he was released. Surprised, yeah, with the baby. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um I honestly thought it was going to end with him being on his own. Yeah, oh, I mean, sad. Yeah. So I, I was a bit surprised when um you know, obviously the camera went to her and she came out of the car. Yeah. But um, I, I got to say that, that that mustache is probably one of the worst mustaches I've seen in film, as well. It's just I don't know what he was trying to go for. Was it was it, were they just trying to go for like oh time has passed so he's aged yeah and, yeah because obviously he, he still looks twenty <laughs> yeah no yeah between Thor's beard and this they the Russo, <laughs> they need a better makeup and hairstylist like. <laughs> Um, I thought when they panned over to him, I thought it was like CGI, de- uh, like um, not de aging, but like aging, ma- like effects. Yeah, and the then when his he- eyes, yeah. I thought he looks like he's like forty, but it's yeah. like uh, he's like in his early twenties when he goes to prison. He comes out what maybe like what like ten years he's in prison yeah. for. I can't remember. Yeah. Like there's like dates for his film, wasn't there? Like when he comes out, twenty twenty one, he's released. Yeah. Yeah, it said like yeah. seven to two thousand twenty. Yeah, yeah. Which why um, is he a mask when he gets out of prison? <laughs> but uh, maybe he comes out. Maybe he gets out of prison in December. But um, uh, but when it panned over to him in the courtroom, didn't was that not like CGI? I. Oh, oh, oh my mate disconnected. Oh, you're back now. Uh... Oh, sorry about that. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear. You. Yeah, sorry about that. No. Uh, what were you saying, Zach? Oh no, I, I just what did you think it was CGI when they panned over to him in the courtroom, like right before he got released? Because I really felt didn't... a bit, yeah, yeah, it, it did. Um, yeah, it, it did. <laughs> like I, I don't know how much CGI was actually used in this. Um, oh, what was it? Chris Duckman when he did his review of this film, he said like the ending is like. Uh, like the, like the end of Nacho Libre, and I was like, "What? Libre. So what, Cherry? Yeah, and at the end, at the end of Nacho Libre, like it, it obviously uh, Jack Bass character and like the um, I think it's like the love interest are like mm-hmm. looking at each other, 
and then it obviously the film ends involves the credits on Jack Black's face. And it did the same thing in Cherry, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that." <laughs> it's because they both have mustaches as well. No, no, it's not. It's not that. It's just the way the, the like the the camera goes to black <laughs> um, when it, on like Tom yeah. Holland's face, and then like on Jack Black's face. Yeah. I know. I'm kind of weird. What, I was what like, are you saying about like it? the like, like reaging? It just reminds me of like the opposite of the Irishman, right? Because in the Irishman, like they, they had like these fight scenes where they were very obviously old men pretending to be like young bucks, and in this, it's just mm-hmm. like Tom Holland, like I don't know, wearing some like really bad makeup or like CGI. Yeah, it's um, it, it was that's what I thought it was until he stepped out. When mm. he stepped out of the prison, I thought, oh, that's just a mustache, but. Um, I can't believe you actually searched up the Nacho Libre ending because I remember him <laughs> saying that in the review. And I was trying yeah, to, and I was yeah. like, how does Nacho Libre end? And you saying that now, <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, well, Nacho Libre. I was like, <laughs> I watched the review. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to, because I read a lot of reviews when it came out. And I thought like, oh God, this film's going to be awful. And I watched it, and I was like, "It's not that bad, actually. I enjoyed it." But then I had to watch, look at like the Natural Libre comparison, the ending, and um, (laughs) ruined it for you. I was like, "Oh, (laughs) no, no, even for me." The part where they 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 give a prostate exam, and the camera's shot looks like it's up like Tom Holland's ass. Um, Yeah, do you remember that? Like, um, I was was a bit like, "Okay, Russo brothers." that's yeah. a bit. That's a bit weird direction, right yeah. there. Like, <laughs> but like, you also see like Joe yeah. Russo, and it's so like on the nose that cameo. You just think, oh, that's the director, right? One of the directors. I mean, you know, you can have a cameo, you can do what he likes, but I don't know. I thought it was a bit because you see him in as part of that like posts uh, snap like help group in Endgame. And it's it's all right, I suppose, but it's just I don't know. Maybe I have like a th- well, what part? Um, what part? So uh, Cherry is working it? as a waiter, a waiter in that um, bar. Oh, and right. the owner's yeah, talking yeah, to him, yeah. and the owner's Joe Russo. Oh right, okay. Oh, I actually didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I I noticed it. I was like, yeah, it's the I, I was I was checking. I, I was like waiting for the for Anthony <laughs> Russo to show up. Never did. So I don't know why only Joe likes to do it, but um, I thought he was pretty. His 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 little cameo was good in any. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, like uh, it it was uh, it was a good role. Like I, I don't think most people would notice that it was even mm. him. But um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with Cherry. I did not. I was. I had really low expectations, and it was creatively directed. You know, it's an original film. It's not. Um, you know, so I'm part of a franchise or anything, and um, it was I, like uh, it was it's a good addition to Apple TV yeah. Plus. Like I liked it more. Than yeah, that. yeah. Apple TV Plus. I got I got it because I got a new uh, phone contract, iPhone contract, and I got Apple TV Plus alongside of it. And watching Apple TV Plus, I was like, there's nothing we out all the streaming services. There's not much to watch. It offers like right now. I mean, I watched the morning show. I've watched Four Mankind. I watched Ted Lasso, 
And then um, there's a few of other, you know, other films on there like Wolf Walkers. But like, you know, watching Cherry, I was like, oh, that's, it's on and it's on Apple because I could actually use my Apple TV to watch something like an actual film, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, actually use it properly. But um, yeah, people, some people would like be, you know, not not happy with it going to Apple TV. They felt like, why is Apple TV taking this? I don't know why, but. Um, like yeah. a, a, you know, it could it could have gone to any streaming service, to be honest. But yeah, no, I I think they uh, I think that I I don't know if they acquired it if they like bought it from a studio during the pandemic. But um, if it was produced there, then I think it's just um, the names attached to it. I was when I heard about the film, like I was Rooster Brothers, Tom Holland, he's uh, war film, uh, drag addict. Like um, it sounded good, but. Um, I guess, uh, it, like, like the thing I, the vibe I got from like Chris Stuckman was just as an example, like, I think it just didn't, it was uh, like people seem to have admired a lot of the risks that they took. The risks yeah. just didn't really work. Yeah. 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 And I had to take a break from watching the film because, uh, when it got to the part where he was at home and he was having the PTSD and started getting addicted to, um, opioids i was just like oh god i need to take a break from this because it's such a heavy film i remember messaging you you yeah. missed, didn't i saying that it was it's such a heavy film and i watched it the rest of it and then uh i really enjoyed it but it's like a heavy film and the same thing i did with wrecking for a dream i enjoyed that film but it's really heavy because there was a lot of heavy uh themes like you seem and you know it's hard watching the film and seeing this this guy's life the brain protagonist protagonist's life just go from like, you know, okay to absolutely bad to absolutely worse. Like it, yeah. Uh, and then like, but but it's in the ending, and it was like, oh, the piece. Like I, I did. If the film ended with him, like I don't know, ODing on is a spoiler. Him ODing when the cops arrive, then it'd be a bit like, oh, uh, <laughs> quite sad. It'd be like a tra- like a Shakespearean tragedy. But then, like having him come out of prison and being reunited with uh, Emily, I uh, I, I was glad mm. of that because it it makes like at least watching it and knowing like oh this is like the the worst of the worst, you know that like it there's a light in the yeah. tunnel at the end mm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking about like the creative sort of decisions in the movie, one of my favorite was um, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but um, uh, when Cherry goes to boot camp. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, basic training. He, sorry, sorry. The aspect ratio turns to four by three. Right. And um, I didn't really pick up on it until about halfway through. And um, and then when uh, he goes to when he you know, he, sh- he shipped out to war, it goes back to uh, sixteen by nine, which I thought was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Like, you know, m- maybe how, how would you like an, um, analyze that to say like it's this blinkered sort of view or like the 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 screen has been squashed inwards i would in my opinion i would say it's it's how how it's trying to be diverse between each chapter i think that's my that's my opinion yeah or maybe he's like um huh not even necessarily sure maybe it's like he's claustrophobic Mm. in who camper or in the basic training and and then when he gets out there he's like 
it just feels like, oh, wow, we're really here now. Like they, maybe they wanted you to feel um, like, I just wanted you to feel like, like yeah. you're, you're there now. If you're in the great outdoors, you're in the sand. And um, I don't really know, yeah. but I didn't even, I, I didn't pick yeah. up on it, but at the time I didn't think too much of it, but um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I picked up on it. I think it was like halfway through, but um, yeah, like I, I totally like get what you're going for. Cause he, he says, Denise, I think he's, he says something to, to the, um, to the gist of, he didn't like thinking that anything was true. It was almost like everyone was pretending to be part of the army. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like that scene where they're going down the, um, the steps in the woodland and they're, and they're all like in these like oversized claws and like they, they dub the voices to sound like they're kids saying, you know, bang, bang, bang. I thought that was really like good. Cause it's like these just kids yeah. playing at war. Cause I mean, they are, aren't they? Like, yeah. I think he was meant to be 19 at the time when he joined the army. So he would just come out yeah, of school. I think he's 20. I think he's 21. Right. Okay. 21. Uh, well, I've, 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 wait, I've got some notes on like Niker Walker. He joined when he was, yeah, I mean, he's 21. Right. Twenty-one. Oh no! No, oh, sorry. He enlisted in nineteen. That was Nike Walker. Oh, I don't okay. know what about Cherry in yeah. the film. Um, he's, he's young. He seems to have just. Yeah, yeah, and also I think when people, uh, when you said that he, about the you know criticism of Tom Holland being cast as Cherry, I feel like it was a miscast. As you said, it was a miscast uh, issue. I didn't find a problem because Tom Holland is like, cause he's so young. He fits that kind of idea of in, an, in, an innocent, like young man. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that where you see how like war just, just like corrupts and destroys the innocents. Just think about how many soldiers have gone to, to war fighting, yeah. how many young like people our age have gone to fight for their country and come back with like, you know, with PTSD and a yeah. lot of other um, side effects from the war. Yeah. You know um, it's yeah. And you know, you I completely believe the, the cherry character when he has his glasses at the beginning and he's in the lecture hall. And I completely believe him at the end when he's on the, on the street, just uh, surrendering to the cops. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting. I've seen a lot of movies, a lot of American films about, PTSD after the war. I haven't really seen too many from the UK. Like you've seen Dunkirk, obviously, but um, so you, um, I've seen like how like films with uh, not just soldiers, but very young soldiers in the war. But I don't quite know if I've seen any war, any war films from the UK with uh, dealing with PTSD after. Um, but that's just something I thought. Uh, I mean, there is. Um... One of the things that's combined is the TV show Peaky Blinders, especially the first season. Mm-hmm. There were instances of characters who had PTSD. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's one character who had PTSD, and he goes out and he uh, he, he actually stabs um, like an Italian man, and the Italian mob uh, of Birmingham basically wanted to kill him because yeah. of it. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Like yeah, uh, maybe it's because I can't think of any films. I, mean, I haven't. I can't think of any like modern yeah. um, films like about it or about the modern conflicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about like World War Two or World War One. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. I got to see Peaky Blinders though. That's that's on my list, but um, I mean, but a lot of um, a lot of British war films are set during World War Two. Mm. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, like America, with film set like about American war, it's like through like in Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, World War Two, and all that. Yeah. But like with Britain, it just seems to be just World mm. War Two. But um, I, I mean, we we both recommend Peaky Blinders because it's mm. everything about it is pretty good. You know, you, you have like the acting, especially from Killian Murphy, he's, he's he's brilliant as the lead. But then you have you know obviously the fashion of the time, the costuming is brilliant. The right, uh, sorry, um, the the music is 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 just brilliant. Yeah, I, I cannot praise that show enough, really. Right. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I love Killian Murphy, so I mm. really got to see it. So, so watching stuff on you, you, you'd watch it on BBC America, right? No, it's on Netflix. Oh, there, right. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like, I oh, have, sorry. I got to ask something though, because um, you mentioned BBC. Um, have either of you seen the Goes Wrong yes. show? Yes. I yeah. love that. That's brilliant. And nobody here knows it. Nobody and. I I adore those that mischief theater. I mean, sorry, I didn't want to change the subject. I just um, <laughs> I just want to see if you guys had seen it because it's hilarious. Both of so you seen anyone? It? Yeah, I've seen it's it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah I, I gotta brilliant. say, my favorite is probably uh, during the Christmas one where Santa is just he's pissed drunk. That is, and he's it's yes. brilliant. And they just have to go along with it. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, um, the 90 Degrees episode oh, is my favorite. Yeah. And they're all putting on like the southern accents as well. That's just, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, I like how they have the same cast as well, portraying these characters. Yeah. And uh, what was it? I think it was uh, like the, the spy from World War II episode where right. um, the man is meant to have lost his leg, but the, um, the cast yeah. that is meant to hold his leg in place keeps breaking. So that you know, obviously he has two legs, and it's like a German spy and Hitler's behind the walls. It's, that is that, that's a good show. I'm not sure because um, it was a stage play originally. I'm not sure if they're making any more. But you'd think with you know that sort of production doesn't take a lot of um, people. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought because it is like a stage play. I hope they make more though because that is that is a very good show. Yeah, they're making a second series. Uh, um, well, I guess they'll make it after the pandemic. But um, it's yeah, the play was the play that goes wrong, yeah. and it was like a murder mystery. And uh, I saw it on Broadway. They actually brought it to New York, and I just fell in love with those guys. <laughs> like they, um, they, they also made Peter Pan goes yeah. wrong, which is like a fifty-minute uh, film. It's like and uh, it's on Amazon, and and the goes wrong show is also on Amazon and in in the U.S. But um, they're just hilarious that was that was that i think was the funniest thing i saw in the last in in the pandemic in the last year like it was hilarious and um big recommendation for anyone who wants to check them out yeah brilliant show that um i don't know if i have anything else to say about cherry i'll say one thing about cherry and well one of the reasons i wanted to actually watch cherry was because it's just like my, like you know, little bit of um, my Sopranos uh, fan in me, but like Michael G- G- Gaddafini, played cousin Joe, mm-hmm. is in it, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in anything else. And I know that the upcoming Sopranos prequel, uh, The Many Saints of Newark, is coming out. So I was, I wanted to see what uh, he was like as like you know on on screen. So uh, so yeah, he's a uh, he, he's um 
he's a uh, thing. He's uh, James Gandolfini's son, who's uh, going to play a young Tony Soprano in a in like a the prequel. I'm looking forward right. to that. Um, but no, I I I enjoyed this film. I mean, I mean, like you know, there was stuff. It's obviously uh, it's it's nothing that like you know it's going to be. It might be seen as like a cult classic in the future. It probably will do because uh, it's one of these films that will become a cult classic, and people will like in the future will really like look back on this film and actually find a lot more love in it. Like I know we already we all like this film, but then there's other people who obviously didn't like this film. Um, I do like that Anthony Joe Russo just didn't like make another film about oh another like superhero you know, fantasy film that we're straight on to talk about, like a really gritty film about uh, one man's life during the, um, you know, in uh, modern day America. And I, I liked it and it took some risks and I think majority of them paid off. So that's what, that's what I think about it. Um, I actually want to start reading the, the actual same the book, actually, by Noka Walker. I think I ordered it off Amazon, so I'm going to give out a read as well. Um, and yeah, um, what about your guy? What about you guys? Uh, anything else you guys want to say about the film? I'm kind of on the same page. I, I kind of agree. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, a lot of risks. You know, I, it's like like you don't see that, that many, or at least too many filmmakers make mainstream big films that take risks like this one. And and I like to. Um, support that so yeah. it's um, so I, I would recommend it to people if they have Apple TV plus check it out at least like um, uh, yeah like at least like watch a, maybe an hour of it at least and if you're, if you're vibing with it then then keep going but um, yeah no it's a solid film yeah, yeah. not something you watch again but it was it was pretty yeah cool. same I, I, I probably won't watch it again unless like I'm really uh, like probably in a couple of years time but not like you know I watched Justice League like twice in the same day. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched Cherry yeah. twice in the same day. Like, mm. <laughs> that's proper gun to yeah. analyze this film. Um, uh. Like, looking at where the Russo brothers, you know, originated, you know, directors of Arrested Development and doing episodes of Community. I don't know. It just seemed so different, like a far cry from their roots in like this, like the, their comedy. I, I I don't know. Like I really enjoyed Cherry. I did, but it's just it seemed like so different than, than what they'd started off in. And I and I hope that's good yeah. because they can branch out into so many different areas. You know, they they can they want to explore, tell more stories, really, and make good movies. I mean, do you reckon it would be the? Do you reckon if it didn't do the Avengers and Marvel films, like doing bit, it'd be a bit more of a like you know quite. The jump from going from directing episode of community and rest of development to directing cherry or because but they, they kind of like had the um the avengers games to kind of test out a bit of like the drama and uh, the marvel films because obviously the marvel films have got comedy but also they have got a lot of drama yeah. and they do deal with ideally serious issues uh especially as you know we get into avengers endgame and infinity war which i believe infinity war is probably one of the darkest um films in the mcu yeah, yeah no uh yeah i think it would have been a bigger it would have felt like a bigger leap if they hadn't yeah made, yeah at least like 
Yeah, Inf- Infinity War is one of the most like hopeless endings, even though it's one of the best yeah. endings ever. I think. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's it didn't shock me as much. Maybe you know, honestly, I think the the real strong R rating surprised me more than anything. Like, it's like an F word every other second, <laughs> and um, so much violence and and uh, and I and I dug it. I, I dug the grittiness and. Um, that surprised me more than anything because I, I would have thought that they were um, they were going to have it be a little more uh, whitewashed for the teenagers who really want to watch Tom Holland. But um, yeah, I don't think there are too many. But um, that, that's the thing. I think there's a lot of um, there's a large demographic of people who who want to watch Tom Holland because they think he's appearing yeah. in something like Riverdale. You know, you, you yeah. see um, Tom Holland in the devil all the time and cherry and <laughs> my my um my sister is uh, a big fan of tom holland and both times now she's been disappointed with his uh his film choices because she knows him from uh playing spider-man you know and obviously as as uh, you said zach like he's going to be the next leonardo dicaprio yeah. I, I really believe like he's gonna he's gonna have a very long and prosperous career. Well, he, he he doesn't want to be defined as this kind of like this heartthrob mm. like yeah. uh, guy. He wants to expand and become like obviously show his like yeah. you know his act his acting yeah. skills to a point. I mean, but also he has right now like um, I mean with Cherry and then with uh, what's it with Grey Walking that's come uh, out recently. Chaos Walking that hasn't got good reviews, so people think I like Tom Holland's just choosing bad films. And I know he's going to be the upcoming Uncharted yeah. film, playing in young Nathan Drake. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to. It. I want to see what he brings in. Um, to be honest, I uh, obviously I don't know. I, I, I can't see Mark Wahlberg as uh, Sullivan, Sully, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But I think Tom mm-hmm. Holland. I think he be, might yeah. probably will play a good young Nathan yeah. Drake. Are you familiar with the Uncharted movie? Uh, sorry, the Uncharted films, Zach. No, no, I haven't. Uh, oh, the, the games. No, I haven't played the games or or anything. But I am looking forward to yeah. it. I mean, uh, based on what people say, and I think uh, video game movies are 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 finding their they're like they're they're becoming they're they're getting better. Like I think Mortal Kombat looks yeah. good based on the trailer and. Uh, and hopefully this Uncharted film is good. Good. I do like that um, video games are going branching to television yeah. as well, and we're going to get in some uh, you know television um, based well films adapted to television like Assassin's Creed and all that. Halo. Uh, Halo. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm 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 not sure about Halo because I don't know if Showtime is going to really big. I don't know if it's going to be like oh groundbreaking effects mm. like because. I feel like if you want to show do a film like um, a series like Halo, I would feel like it needs to be groundbreaking effects like The Expanse, and I don't know if Showtime ha- like has got that kind of because Amazon and HBO have the money to make these great blockbuster style TV shows, um, but I don't know if, Sh- if Showtime has that for Halo. I just, I, I, I'm skeptical about Halo because I don't want to watch Halo and it's absolutely awful. Yeah. They actually make like you know I don't see some like awkward <laughs> effects yeah. of of like the Covenant and mm. and Spartans and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like, uh, I, was, I, I literally, frankly, 
well, this is kind of like a video game, but really based on the books. I was, I was want, I want to know when The Witcher season two is coming out because that's mm. I'm so hyped for that. Um, but what I was looking at like the uh, upcoming projects the Russo Bros are doing, and they're doing Grey Man, which is probably which is like uh, Netflix's most expensive movie ever create, mm-hmm. like being created. Is the cast looks great, and I'm looking forward to that. So I want to see where that goes. Whether it's going to be like quite like where that's going to be our rating, or it's going to be like a twelve. Uh, you know, wait and see. But um, do you reckon they'll come back and do another Marvel film, or do you reckon that they're done and dusted with Endgame? I don't think they can top Endgame or Infinity. No, no, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Unless you bring them back for another Avengers <laughs> film, but I, I I feel like let I I feel like let them do what yeah. they want, like films like Jerry, like show off their directing more of their directing skills. Um, so yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, is there anything else anyone wants to say about this film? Uh, not about the film, but in terms of video game projects, they're also uh, going to do The Last of Us, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I played both the games. I'm not a big fan of the second game mm-hmm. because I don't like the story, but I really enjoyed the first game and the cast they got for it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm digging I really the cast. like the cast. Yeah, and yeah, it's going to but... be the same people who made Chernobyl. Oh wow! Okay, then, then... yeah, so. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Like Chernobyl is probably one of the best TV shows of mini series of the modern of the modern like television era. Like hands down, brilliant. Well, and what a soundtrack! To yeah, it. I mean the, the, the message yeah. it conveyed. I mean, it's, it's very poignant for. Well, this, this is this was before. No, no, it was released early last year, right? Well, Chernobyl, um, like two years oh, ago. It? It came out like in 2019. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think like, yeah, something like 2019 or. I haven't actually seen it, but I've heard so much about it. Oh, Zach, because... Zach is brilliant. You go watch it. And, it's it's I, brilliant. I got to get HBO Max and then I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll... That and the Snyder Cut. So, yes, you know, that can clear your calendar to watch the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, spent... got to... yeah. Yeah. I spent eight hours watching Snyder Cut on Thursday. Oof. Commitment. Wow. wow. Yeah, literally, I watched it like in the morning and then like for four hours. And then my dad wanted to watch it. And I was like, you know what? I'll watch it again. <laughs> so I watched it like, spent eight hours watching Snyder Cut. And I was like, oh, God, I want to watch it again. I think I messaged you, Welsh, yeah. I, uh, Reece, yesterday. And I was like, I want, I want to watch it again. <laughs> I actually haven't seen the. Uh, the original or the Joss Whedon cut Justice League. I've never seen it, so that I'll be. Going I mean, I don't. If you want to go through the pain of watching that film, you know, be my guest. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I would say skip the Joss Whedon yeah. one unless you want to see like a really bad, like how a studio really messed up a film. Mm. Then watch the Joss Whedon one. Yeah, because uh, I'd say like you would definitely waste your time if you watch it, but. It's a really good case study, as uh, Reese Bolton just said. It's like how a studio and how a mis- mishandling of a director's vision happens. It's it's cinematic. I history. feel like I feel like the two versions of Justice League are going to be like taught in like future filming, mm. film school. 
mm-hmm. just a way of like you know what one film like just wrong and then what another version of a wrong of a film done by the director's vision and what is right yeah. about it and stuff and just compare hmm. yeah it'd be good to study the two back to back yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so a- anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up no, just a, thank you so much for having me on the show. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Zach, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. We wish you the best of luck with um, with your with your film and your uh, future endeavors. Well, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And if you want to join us again for the future, like just let us know. Just just let us know, and we're happy to uh, to talk about our, our films or whatever. And if you, if you have any other projects. Uh, you want to talk about and you want to do in the future, just, you know, let, let us know and we'll talk about them. That would be, um, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this and, and uh, I'll stay in touch. Like, and uh, yeah, this is, this has been awesome. So thank you. so much. All right, guys. Um, obviously Zach's film, uh, it's gone. A Who done it. It's coming out on YouTube today. So uh, please give out, uh, you know, show uh, Zach some love and uh, you know, like and subscribe to his channel and uh, watch the film. It's really good. Like, uh, it's very funny. Really, really good. Yeah, okay. really funny. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, thank you, Zach, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're glad you had a good time. And, uh, yeah, so and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening um, to our podcast episodes. Of course, I said earlier, follow us on our Instagram pages, including Zach's. Plus, follow us on numerous platforms we are on, including Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, Overcast, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to say to end the podcast, or um, we're ready to go? No, no, I'm ready to go. But uh, yeah, once again, just thank you both so much. This has been a blast. That's great. Thank you. Our pleasure, back. Zach. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.